What the heck is bouncing on your desk? Whose desk? Yours, my I desk. assume. I heard it. I heard it's in my headphones. Might have been so mine. Yeah, I heard mine. it too. I didn't look Get to see that. who was coming that. through. Well, that was Aaron moving his microphone. It sounded like. Yeah. Are we, is this just going to be titled "The Microphone <laughs> Problem Stream"? I mean, yeah. Just, I guess. just upload all uh, this. I, yeah, it's so good. Done. We only started yeah, recording. Are we good? We're good. We're done with title the cast it, now. Title it uh, "Podcast Setup Tutorial." Let us begin. Hey everybody, welcome to the forecast episode 86. <laughs> Did you just freaking cough during my intro? Yeah, I heard left during his intro. So I thought, might as well While clear my I'm throat. Talking, I started the clear before you started oh, talking, really? I'm pretty sure. Is that why I got all the way to 86 and you started clearing your you throat? You kept going way <laughs> past to, like, my clear throat. I was, I was very like, confused. Uh, you kept going for so long. I don't know why you kept going after it stopped. And you went for oh so long. freaking goodness. I really don't understand. You're the worst. You ruin everything. I try. You know, if you just let me watch my show, wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> Wait, but like, did you, you finish should be it? podcasting right now? Yeah. Everybody. When Alex was going upstairs, oh, I went and watched it. My. I was asked a question. <laughs> I was responding to it. Don't worry. We had like 30 more minutes of troubleshooting to go. So you had time. It's fine. It's fine. Forecast episode 86. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. We're a group of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from board games to video games to film to TV to just things that we encounter throughout our everyday lives. You can follow us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash We Earth Horizon Community or you can check out our website at WeEarthHorizon.com. We also have a whole bunch of additional content that we have posted on our website. Uh, additionally, all of our links and notes that we talk about are going to be put in our cast notes which get pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using i'm joined by a few additional peeps this week alex hello how is everybody doing tonight caleb hi that's me and chad you guys are like literally the worst that's <laughs> literally the worst i don't know what you're talking about alex i got it out so <laughs> don't know what it's, you're talking about so it's how, fine is this what happens every time if i know <laughs> so it's fine hey let's start out with what you've been playing lately alex you have a list of like 30 things i'm sure so let's get started <laughs> with you yeah dude i play video games it is my primary <laughs> hobby there are many of them uh well, i'm listening <laughs> uh let's kick it off with a little night of the full moon i don't know when this game came out it probably has been out for a long time who knows i think it's pretty recent because it was at PAX think- last year I think it was ported to PC pretty recently, but it's been out on mobile for a while, from okay, what I understand. Uh, anyway, I picked it up on my iPhone. It is free. Uh, so go grab it and just don't even listen to anything I have to say about it. <laughs> uh, it's basically, if you've ever played Slay the Spire, it is very similar in, in the vein of like a deck-building roguelike game. Um. There's a few differences, like Slay the Spire, you're, you're progressing through this map uh, and hitting point to point, uh, and you kind of get to choose branching pathways. This game uh, just gives you like three options for what you want to do next, but you pretty much clear all of them no matter what you choose. You're just basically picking the order. Um, 
and it's got a similar like you just are battling monsters um with the card mechanics and you're picking up new cards along the way and you know trying to keep your health pool up so that you can survive to the end and beat the boss I have uh, not, and it's super fun i've not played any games like that are like card mechanic based like slay the spire are those you really should play this play the spire i mean like very cool i do not enjoy like uh, competitive online card game stuff like i don't know hearthstone yeah magic arena hearthstone magic arena. I really don't enjoy any of that stuff. Is this like outside of the realm of that? Like you, you would enjoy it even if you don't enjoy that type of game or like yeah, very well, much in the same this vein? Is, this is more like uh, to apply it to something that you know, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Okay, yeah. so like but deck like, building basically? Yeah, yeah, it's single player and you're playing against the computer and it's like a roguelike so it's like progressively more difficult but also you're getting better as you go. So, I mean... Is Slay the Spire also like roguelike? Yes. Okay. So you go on runs and you try to figure out um, just like builds for your your character. So there's classes in these games. Like Slay the Spire has like three different classes. This one starts off with with four classes that are just available. They're fully available for free. And then the only monetization that I can see in this game is that there's three additional classes that are 99 cents each. Mm-hmm. like that is the most fair thing i've ever seen on mobile it's yeah. crazy that it's not nickel and dimed to death like pay to win style like unlock cards with like gems or like right there's there's no like energy requirements for like you can only play five times and you gotta wait for your energy to rebuild or you pay ten dollars and get more energy or whatever like i hate it those is games just straight like awesome free game uh it's not as good as slay the spire there's definitely like it's not as balanced i think like there's not as much thought into the mechanics of the cards i think yeah it's pretty basic it it kind of feels less um thought out maybe like all the cards they're just kind of neat ideas on their own whereas slay the spire has a whole lot of like really cool cards in the way they interact together i think Okay. Yeah, there's not like a cohesion. Yeah. I guess. Also, uh, when I was talking to Caleb about it the other day, he brought up the fact that in Slay the Spire, the enemies indicate what they're going to do on their turn. Like above their head, they have a symbol that's like, um, it'll represent like if they're going to attack or if they're going to defend or if they're going to do some sort of other special action. And in this game, there's no indication of what the enemy's going to do besides maybe like what type of enemy it is so okay. like there's there's certain things like um there's like fire like elemental creatures like the fire guy is going to probably be using fire damage um there's like special characters that are that have like gimmicks around them like there's a like a romantic dude that's like trying to like mm-hmm. win your love and he'll he like takes a card from your hand every two turns and he can use it. Like there's all, there's a bunch of like one off gimmick monsters like that. Yeah. So the added tactical knowledge of what the enemy is going to do really lends itself to, to like building your strategy around what you're actually going to play. 
Whereas in uh, Night of the Full Moon, you kind of just play all your cards. And the strategy comes in the form of like what choices you make along the way uh, in terms of like what cards you're picking up and what order you're doing things. And in hmm. my experience in Night of the Full Moon, it really comes down to you're going to end up playing all the cards in your hand every turn. And then they're going to take their turn. At least that's how I how it went for me. Now there are like I micro strategies. Never carried over cards. Like uh, so I've so far I've played the knight, the mage character, and I've played a little bit of the nun. Mm-hmm. And like the knight is very straightforward. Like you just hit stuff, and also you get a bunch of card draw cards. So by the end of the game, by like act three, you're just drawing like a half to like a full deck of cards and just playing them all and just like doing 150 damage in a turn. Yeah. Like the mage was way more interesting, I think, because I would have like little micro strategies where like I would get a fireball card and then I'd be like, all right, I have these two other cards in my deck that like will let me recast the same spell that I just played multiple times. Hmm. Plus, I had like a blessing that made me recast my first spell that I played of the game. So there was like instances where I could uh, a fireball is doing like eighteen damage, which is a ton of damage. And then all of a sudden, I would stack it up in the right way to where the fireball would cast four times in a row, and it would like one shot an enemy. <laughs> and it was very like glass cannony, like I was like waiting and, and biding my time, and then all of a sudden destroying somebody. I thought that was pretty fun. When I played uh, as the ra- ranger, my strategy yeah. came down to I had a couple cards that when I played a card, it dealt damage to the enemy for like the whole game. So I would just get those out early. I think one I started with equipped, and the other one I would try to get out. And then just playing cards that did like one damage ended up doing like eight to them because it added a whole bunch of effects and stuff. So I would just play all my cards that gave me extra actions, and they would yeah, just deal damage cool. constantly. I mean, by the start of the third act, I played my entire deck every turn. <laughs> the the nun is pretty interesting like she's way more based around healing as you would guess mm-hmm. which the other classes don't have a ton of healing abilities and she's like not going for damage so much but she has things that like take time like she has prayers and when you play a prayer you can choose how many turns you want it to take before it goes off and if you, the longer you wait the more damage it does or the longer you wait like the better the effect is or whatever so it's like this game of like timing of like, all right, they have 50 health. If I wait five turns, this thing will do 25 damage. But if I put it for three, it'll do 15. And in three turns, I can probably whittle the 50 health down enough to where the 15 will finish it. So it's it's cool strategies like that. All in all, it's like it's free and it's on your phone, which I've wanted to aspire on my phone forever because <laughs> it seems perfect for it. It does. but. This uh, kind of fills that gap pretty well. Hmm. Um, also played a bunch of Division 2 recently. Got back into it. Sam and Cassie dropped off on that game. And me. Sa- and Caleb, kind of. But <laughs> Caleb, we pulled Caleb back because he was on and we were all playing it and then he played with us. That's just kind of how Caleb works. It's true. Uh, <laughs> but we... So when we played with Sam and Cassie, we made it through all the story missions, and then technically the last three story missions in the game are what they call strongholds. And I pushed us to get through the first stronghold before Sam finally was just like, I'm not going to play this game anymore. 
and we didn't finish the last two. And I was like, I really want to finish them. So me and Chad and Frank and Caleb finished the last two strongholds. And then the game completely like resets the entire map. It unlocks this new thing called a specialization where you can choose to get um, a fourth weapon that's like really powerful. And you choose between like a grenade launcher or a crossbow with exploding bolts or the sniper rifle that does like a crazy amount of damage. Like the, the sniper rifles that you're using throughout the game, I was at like, I don't know, like, like 30,000 damage per shot on my sniper rifles. Mm-hmm. The sniper rifle that you unlock for the specialization does like 145,000 damage when you first just, pick it up. Just yeah. a minor amount more. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Plus it totally has like fine. special effects like armor piercing and all this crazy stuff. So like you whip it out and it d- does this whole animation that's all cool and like you're like about to dominate somebody and then you just dome like a elite enemy and it kills them in one shot and it's crazy. Okay, I was going to ask if it like ramped up like enemy health and made them all sponges at that point, but nope. No. Okay, so it just become it's like it's like plus game after you finish that kind of stuff and it just ramps up where you're just like wrecking everything. It kind of feels like it's the halfway point of the game when you finish like the story. Okay. Because the way it resets the whole map, it unlocks world tier one. And like the a brand new enemy faction that's never been in, in anything you've played before comes in and has taken over all these areas of DC and like all these missions pop up like they're invaded by the Black Tusk and like you go play them again and they're different a little bit because there's different enemies, the Black Tusk, and they're in like different arrangements and everything. It's it's kind of crazy how much changes for like think, an end game experience. I yeah. think to answer Aaron's question a little further, not really a question, but the, the comment about sponging, they actually get smarter. So, like, you try mm. to push up on the enemies in the beginning of the game, and they just kind of sit there, take the shots. But I went into the dark zone at one point and noticed that one of the elites was, like, literally running away from me using cover constantly. And, like, throwing up turrets, and, like, I just kept having to use health packs or the armor packs or whatever. And it's like they get more tactical. It's like the AI actually gets intelligent instead of just being let me stand on the open i now have more health Mm, okay and like the spongy enemies like the really spongy ones they are very spongy but it's like for good reason and also there's like strategy behind it because they're wearing these huge armor suits and if you tell everybody to focus a a specific part of it then that part of the armor breaks and then that becomes a vulnerable spot and you can access like you can shoot at their actual health and then they just like go down like immediately yeah, when you do that they do that's cool so i mean they've made a lot of smart decisions with that game yeah, it is getting more interesting now that we've gotten past all the what now yeah. feels like pre-game game there's a fourth specialization <laughs> this is this is the part that annoys caleb i know there is three specializations that you unlock so it's a four-player game. game. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth specialization, which is like the the um, what is it? Gunner. Gunner. You got this big like Gatling gun. Uh, you have to unlock it by completing like a whole bunch of like really weird tasks, like very specific things. Like you got to shock this boss two times before you kill them in this mission. Yeah. 
So you have to like go into the mission, like find electric ammo somewhere and then make sure that you shock that person multiple times before you end their life. And there's freaking there's four objectives on each level and there's five levels you got to get through to unlock the gunner. Yeah. So we've gone through two quite a grind so levels. far it seems like. Yeah, it's a lot of grindy stuff. But I mean that, that's what that game is. Yeah. yeah. I mean I I've ground stuff out in uh, in Destiny. Yep. So I'm not super opposed. I just four 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 players. Like three, maybe three if there was you start four with. unlocked one. and there was a fifth one that yes. you ground to unlock. Please, maybe? yes. <laughs> Isn't Ugh. that specialization like for the expansion though? Uh, I I think they did add it later. So if we had so done it right when the game came out, yeah, yeah, it would have so been I even worse. That, it wasn't yeah. the first game like that. The first game didn't even have classes. That's right. I don't understand. Yeah. Like you had a skill tree that had like kind of three paths. Yeah, you defend this every time, Alex. You're like, listen, you can really just like you could just adjust your class as you go. It's totally fine. Yeah, I mean it makes sense for that game because I know because it's not very like stringent and and what you need and also like if you just join random people and everybody's got the same stuff it just lets you switch it up yeah what else you been playing and also you can take stuff from (laughs) each of the trees you don't have to like go down one (laughs) anyway uh witcher 3 i just want to mention again because i've finally progressed past where Wait, I made it Alex? when I originally played it. Yeah, we're still on me. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> Give me all the time for the podcast. I'll just talk about all the things I did. It's and then totally we'll fine. Done. This is totally normal. Uh, yeah, Witcher 3. I just wanted to mention it because I'm in like the Novigrad section, which if you've never played it, Novigrad's just like a big city. Uh, so the entire game so far has been like this open world like landscape like travel around go to the mountains go to these caves go to whatever and do all these quests and stuff like that this next section i'm in is like all just in this one city and the fact that i've spent like i don't know how many hours just in this one city doing all these quests and it's not stale it's all interesting the writing's all super good all these like crazy like uh political movements are going on in the city between like the witch hunter sect and like uh, there's the the beggar king and like all these storylines crisscrossing everywhere between quests that you're doing. It's super interesting and really well done. And I just I just wanted to call that out because I never got that far in the game before. It sounds like kind of like a supercharged version of uh, Act One of Original Sin One. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then also just Mario Maker Two, of course. Still building levels. Uh, yeah, I made another level. I sent it to Sam. I don't know if he's played it yet. I asked him the other day, have you played my course yet? And how much do you hate it? Because they they tend to hate all the <laughs> levels I make. <laughs> I The way I make levels is like, I'll pick a thing and I'll be like, I'm going to build a, le- a level around this like one gimmick. Like my first my first level was all like shell puzzles where you had to like throw shells or knock them into certain specific positions to get things to happen to be able to beat the puzzles. And a lot of that level is very precise. Like you have to be on your game to get through it. So they were like, it's too hard. And then I made a completely co-op level (laughs) 
specifically because they were going to play, like Sam and Cassie were going to play through it. And nobody, uh, nobody has played through it and beaten it from, from what I can tell from my stats. Wait, no one online? Nobody. Nobody online has beaten it. <laughs> okay. So, and Wait, that's you probably and I are the only ones that have beaten it? Yeah. They claim they finished it, but it didn't show up in uh, my stats for the level. So I don't know if there's something weird about co-op that it doesn't show it or what. Hmm. But the level in the description, I literally put two-player co-op only. Like, there's no, there's no single-player path. Like, you cannot beat the level by yourself. Uh, technically you can because there's a secret hidden way to get around <laughs> to the end because that's the only way I could upload it. But it's pretty hard to find. Um, but yeah, they tried to play that and apparently the very first puzzle they couldn't figure out and they cheesed like the whole thing and used like, so in the game when you're playing co-op, if somebody dies, they like turn into like bubble, they like go into a bubble and float around until the other person hits them out of the bubble. And then if you both die, then it resets. But as long as only one person dies, they just float around in a bubble. So they use that to like skip a bunch of obstacles. Hmm. They would like bubble one person up, like knock them out, and then like the other person would get hit while they were doing that, and then bubble up. Anyway, originally it was extremely difficult. Me and Chad could not finish it, and I actually went back and made it easier. And the easier version is what I sent them. And they still couldn't do it. They couldn't. Yeah, but that's kind of like how game dev works, right? I assume, like you yeah. know, if you're building your level, yeah, from you your play experience. it, and then you're just like, this level is very easy. And then you have somebody play a level, and they're like, "How the crap do you possibly beat this level?" Oh, well, you have to like hit jump and put the controller stick at like this angle <laughs> in order to get yeah. the leap high enough, and then deploy the umbrella at the very top. Like I yeah. tried really hard to like put arrows and put like coin trails to like kind of direct them to where they should be going and when they talked to me about it from what i understand they immediately did something i never thought anybody would do which is the very first obstacle they used the the first switch that you see which i never even considered because i'm like that's in my mind that's not how you solve the puzzle right but you can totally do it that way you just you get you stuck just, immediately you get stuck immediately after that because you did it wrong so <laughs> I was like, freaking A, I didn't even consider that. And I don't know of a way to fix that. So, you know, whatever. Dude, it's still a brains. really fun game. I played like a super, super fun level today. It's probably my favorite level in the game that I've played so far. Wow. It was just the right amount of like very difficult, but like totally doable. Mm-hmm. Like that, that balance that Celeste usually oh, rides. Amen. Was it was it by this last guy? <laughs> it was not. It was like some random one that I found. That's and that's the crazy thing about this game is that I'm just constantly playing random levels and being blown away by ideas that people are coming up with and like how good the levels are. Like I expected to find a ton of crap like mm-hmm. all the time. You watch Donkey but, play that hardest level in existence. Oh yeah, dude, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> who would make that and who would play that? I need to watch Man. this. I'll I'll add it to our list of things here. Donkey has a couple of Mario Maker 2 videos at this point. He mm-hmm. is very good at Mario. He is. He's like crazy good at Mario. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. Um, I'll go ahead and go. Uh, I've only really been playing one thing recently, and that's Overwatch. I don't know why I've been getting back into Overwatch, but for some reason, Mystery Heroes is just my jam. It's a lot of fun, man. It's fun to play people you don't normally play. 
and not yeah. have not be stressed about doing well on them. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. The one thing like that frustrates me sometimes playing Dota, like I know we're not even playing competitive anymore, but even playing a hero that I know how to play, if I just get outplayed by somebody and I'm just like, oh, like I mm-hmm. I want to make it that next level. But playing something like Overwatch where you're playing mystery heroes where like you may just get absolutely just trashed by another team, but it's specifically because they were granted a set of mystery heroes that just was like an insane combination. Or you get forced onto a hero that you, like you said, you haven't played very much of. And so you're forced to kind of figure out how that hero works. And I had that actually interaction this week because I had not played a lot of Zarya and I'm just like, I don't know how this hero works. And of course, oh yeah, you just need to absorb damage in the shields and then you just freaking wreck people. Vaguely explained it and then you had an average energy of like 72% or something. (laughs) Yeah, 79, I think. Yeah, it was a good good game. But it's neat. Uh, They actually just uh, released a, um, a new hero on the PTR on the 23rd um named sigma i don't think we talked about him no we probably we couldn't have we, we haven't have talked yet, about no. him um sigma's kind of cool he's a gravity-based hero he's, he's gonna be my enigma of of uh overwatch maybe mm-hmm. uh with a little black he hole basically and, got black hole yeah yeah he basically I does didn't think about that but yeah <laughs> um, well not really like grav is basically black hole right yeah yeah you're fine. right grav, grav is more yeah you're right but uh, Sigma's kind of cool because a lot of his abilities are based around like small gravity spikes or gravity wells and just kind of like moving heroes like the orbs he throws but he also has what the game probably definitely probably definitely that's not a term uh-huh. the game definitely needs is another barrier tank yeah um, thank goodness and this we have is, a third barrier tank this is a projected barrier Winston. tank which I don't count Winston either <laughs> I yeah I know I really like the idea of his projected barrier tank where you can just kind of toss it anywhere yeah, it's and then neat. pull it back, and then just re, re you know redeploy it after a period of time. But you can also use his um, I don't know what his ability is called, but it like stops all of the incoming projectiles, and he absorbs it into like adding to his overall shield value, like yeah, how much is on the shield. So why don't I go explain all of his moves real quick? Just since we're talking about him, so his yeah. basic attack, he's got two little gravity orbs that he holds in his hand, and he throws them one after the other really fast. And they fly a specific distance or until they hit a enemy player. And then they explode in a small radius. And they can also ricochet off of walls if they don't travel far enough before they hit a wall. Um, so you can like ricochet it around barriers, which is pretty cool. He's got his shift, which is a, he puts a tiny like black hole almost in front of him. And he holds it up and he absorbs any incoming projectiles. And then he converts them into shields or overshields. And then he's got his E, which is he, after a short delay, he, like, pulls in a bunch of material from around him, and then he throws a big rock, essentially. Uh, and if it goes far enough, it'll stun people when it hits them. Oh, I didn't yeah. know it stunned. Yeah, if you throw it far enough. It's actually really good against Sigma, because when he starts his ult, you can stun him out of it. <laughs> uh, then he's got his barrier, uh, which he you hold right-click, and it projects the barrier and then the barrier starts traveling away from you at a pretty fast speed and then you let go and the barrier hangs there in the air and then you right click again and it instantly pulls it back to you and puts it away essentially and then his ult hmm? i was just gonna say it's a really cool barrier concept because everybody else is just like stuck on the ground or to a person yeah exactly this is I, i just like that idea you just throw it anywhere it's really neat yep it's it's great for the blocking pharahs you just toss it up in the air Oh, were you ulting? It's really neat. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then his ult, he jumps up in the air and floats for a minute, and there's a targeting reticle on the ground. It's about as big as like a Doomfist's ult, the targeting. Um, and then when he hits, when he targets that area and clicks, it there's a short delay, and everybody in that area is launched up into the air, floats for a second, and then is slammed back down, and it does 50% of their max health, regardless of what their current health is. Which, which is kind of crazy. Seems pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> think they're gonna nerf that here pretty quick and no limits you got two sigmas you just wipe out half their team because they got caught in the first one yep whoopsie but so he's pretty neat it'd yeah. be nice to have a third tank because i do or a third barrier tank because i do not play reinhardt and sometimes i get tired of playing arissa need to learn that reinhardt man that hammer's great i suck with him i'm so bad i just uh, played killed. arissa for the first time oh you did yeah she's in awesome and the, the what, what was it the the hero mode, the mystery, mystery hero. Heroes. There we go. Gosh, I could not think of the word. Um, <laughs> yeah, played played Arissa for the first time. I think I got five kills like straight out in a row. Nice behind the shield, and I was like, wait, why don't I play her more? <laughs> <laughs> She's really good. Mm-hmm. Caleb, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Night of the Full Moon, like Alex mentioned, and I've been playing uh, this game mentioned. called. <laughs> yeah, I've talked about for a long time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing a little bit of 1,000 Days to Escape. I haven't played much of it because it seems like a pretty short... It doesn't have a lot of replayability, I feel like. Uh, But it's a free-to-play game on Steam. Free-to-play, right? No. I think I got it when it was free. That's weird. Whatever. It's a cheap game on Steam. And the goal is the Earth is about to lose all of its oxygen for some reason. doesn't explain that. But your goal is to get everyone off earth and onto the surrounding planets so you got to send satellites to planets to figure out what the atmosphere is like and then you have to send like um temperature regulators or gravity regulators or flora and fauna or water you gotta send all these things to the planet and then you can send people to the planet to live on it and so as you send people or satellites you get essentially research points science points maybe it calls it um which you use to buy more resources essentially um and it's it's pretty neat your goal is to save all seven billion people i got uh my best so far was 96 percent. i saved 96 percent of the earth one of my rockets didn't make us to its destination so uh i lost some people oopsie (laughs) yeah but it's it's a pretty neat little game it's not very long it'll take you probably uh half an hour to do a full run it looks like it has that uh, overlay mechanic where, like, things are just moving, like, a whole bunch of things are moving all the time between planets. Um, it takes some what... time to, like, set up your rocket to send it to launch it. So there's not really too much of that. Usually have, like, maximum of, like, three things actually traveling oh, okay. at a time. Um, but there's a, there's a little bit of that. Seems cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Uh, I've also been playing some Yuppie Psycho. This is a. It kind of feels like an RPG maker type game. I don't know if it's actually RPG maker or not, um, but it's a very pixel art game where you're playing this kid who gets a job in a higher class um, area, and he goes in, and there's like some crazy stuff happening at work. He signs this ridiculous contract, and there's some blood on the wall or red paint, as he calls it. So I, I assume it's blood. And it says it spells out like kill the witch or something, and he's just going to like an office job. And it, it's got it's got some really neat atmosphere. I'm excited to see where it goes. I haven't played too much of it. Almost an hour. 
not too much of it. Yeah, that's not too much. Uh, Chad, how about you? What have you been playing? So, got back into a little bit of PUBG. Um, I have been playing Fortnite, but at the end of Season 9, pretty much kind of just done with it. How does it feel to go back to PUBG after Fortnite and Apex? You know, there's so much recoil. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I need to go back in the VOD that I did yesterday and send Aaron the link of me battling this one guy through a doorway. Because, honestly, it was criminal. Like, it was... We were both bots just firing at each other. <laughs> it, like, it was the worst. Honestly, the worst. Um, but no, it, it, honest, like, PUBG has done a lot of things right. Um, I think if I actually look at Apex and Fortnite, their loot table sucks. Like, when I'm trying to find loot in a BR and, and it's, you know, Fortnite or Apex... You walk into a building and it may take you like three or four chests or buildings to find actual good weapons, especially Apex. Like you come out of the building with a P2020, which is the pistol, while the guy next to you has uh, R99, which is a SMG that's just going to shred you. So, so, I mean, I, I guess like PUBG is really good because it's slower paced. And if you're, you know, constantly playing the Fortnite and Apex and you're pretty much fed up with everything that's happening in it like a nice break you, from you, those. You just, yeah you get a break because you can like play with friends and and if you if you actually describe it as you loot 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 and then you die it, it could be like that but if you just kind of goof off with friends not really caring about winning or not i think it's a it's a very nice change of pace mm-hmm. you know you're kind of running you see people off in the distance you actually watch the fights uh the zones move kind of smoothly even though uh, I do like the competitive zones that will never be in the game. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I actually got my first win uh, yesterday, coming back to it. Nice. Nice. So, having a, a blast with that. There, there's the multiple, multiple different weapons that I have no idea about them because <laughs> it's been so long yeah. since I played. Uh, all of the attachments... Like thumb grips, light grips, like all, all sorts of things that I was seeing show up when I stopped playing. Um, but now that I'm like actually playing, I'm trying to learn them, and it's it's so much. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of content. It it really is. I mean, it, it it's a it's a milsim. So like, for instance, when you're playing Destiny or Apex or Fortnite or basically any shooter, you hold right click to aim. But in that game, there is no hold right click to aim. So it's like really something in your brain that you have to turn on that you're going to tap to aim down sights and not hold because you're less accurate if you just hold. So it's just interesting stuff to, to me. All right. It has like the hold and you like zoom in a little bit, right? Like yeah. The over yeah, the shoulder. So it's aiming. like a soft aim and a hard aim is, yeah. is what it is. So Fortnite just came out with season 10 and I was fed up with season nine because uh, there was just way too much mobility. There was glider redeploys, which once you fall off of something, you just hit spacebar and you're gliding again. Oh, There's uh, quad crashers, which are AT, uh, ATVs that like has a jet on it, which if you do it correctly, which everybody can, you go off a ramp and you pull back and use it, and it's literally a plane. You can just fly across <laughs> the map if you keep doing that correctly. Wow. Uh, you had uh, hoverboards, which is a one, a one person, you know, it's just a surfboard, but you fly around the map on it. And then you had these, what we called fidget spinners, that were in the air, 
there were like wind turbines that would lift you up and you could fly across the map with it. And then you had just straight up wind turbines circling the entire map. And so it was just third party city. And they had originally put on Siphon for season eight where you could kill somebody and you get uh, 50 health and it would either go to your health or shield. It didn't matter. But as soon as you killed them, you it went straight to your um, health bar or, or shield bar. So it was really good for third partying because if you just finished a team, you didn't really have to heal and you could just take on the next team. Mm-hmm. But and, and because of all the mobility, there was like so many teams coming after you constantly. It was it was healthy for the game. And they hadn't added reboot cards, which is from Apex, by the way. Um where when you die, you can pick up the reboot card, go to a van, and reboot the, your player to where they can still play that match. Um, and so without even testing the game with Siphon and Reboot, because of people's quote-unquote aggression, Epic just kind of took it out. And so all of Season 9, we just had no no Siphon, and they also took out the Pump Shotgun, which is like the one of the iconic weapons in the game. Yeah. It's like the one thing that you see people with when, when they're playing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Uh, later added, um, they had ballers, which I forgot in the mobility list. There's ballers because there's just so much mobility. <laughs> it's literally a Jurassic Park ball that you sit in, and oh. it has a plunger on it, and you could just like whip yourself around the map with that. It has 150 health. It started with 300 health. Jeez. Oh my gosh! Um, but then they nerfed it, and it, it was just a it was just a nightmare. When it when it came to uh, competitive Fortnite, majority of the stuff that I talk about, I'm not really thinking about it in a just public match setting, because I'm more of a competitive player when it comes to these types of games. Um, so it's just like Siphon, for instance, it's more competitive or mobility right. third party. You know, I want it more competitive because I want to be able to go into a one v one that's going to last you know 30 seconds and not be third partied. So, anyways, uh, World Cup happened. Um, uh, that that's the thing that we can touch on later. I need to write it down on that. <laughs> um, GTA, I dabbled in that a little bit. There was a they added a casino. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but you can actually gamble your GTA money like oh in the game. Oh my gosh! Of and, course uh, you can. I think it's rigged because the blackjack table literally got blackjack like four times in a row. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wow. I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> and then, of course, Division 2. How, mu- how much did you play GTA versus wait for it to load? I'm curious <laughs> if they fixed I got issues. sick of waiting for it to load, so I I've haven't opened the game yet again. <laughs> Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Glad that's not different. Man, I'm, let me tell you that like GTA, just the, the number one thing that I think they did very well were the heists. And I, I know we've talked about it a lot, but I still could go back and play those, like play any of the heists. I think that idea about the sort of team comp and the people doing different things at the same time under uh under a timer is very neat very unique um and i i still haven't even played the major one that takes like 12 hours doomsday Doomsday heist yeah Mm -hmm. cool game i've never really gotten into payday but i feel like that was that's pretty similar mostly just that right heist related things i think so okay we almost I wonder how that uh, Red Dead Online is doing. Mm, yeah. They had oh, yeah. Red oh. Dead's a thing. I bought that game and like never played it. Brock <laughs> is going to be crying right now. Brock is going to be crying. He's going to listen to this podcast on Subway. He's going to be crying right this instant. You just Man, wait. I played like, text message about it. 
10 hours of it. I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this. <laughs> yep. So slow. Yeah. Man, I listened to the Giant Bomb Game of the Year deliberations. And like the the half of the room that was like, this is the greatest game ever made. And the other half of the room that was like, this is the most disappointing game I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> was, the dichotomy was just like so crazy to listen to them fight about it. <laughs> It's rare. You know, we, we use the term all the time. You either love it or you hate it. There's no in between. But I feel like that is Red Dead Redemption. You know, like there's the, yeah, the this is a scenario. Least. That's yeah. what I mean. Sorry. Number two. I'm, I'm saying there's just like this is a scenario where that actually exists, where there are only people on the left or only people on the right. Nobody's like played the game. And they're like, yeah, it was feels good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, 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 you know, lopsided. Uh, From an objective games, standpoint, I can appreciate how much went into making it, but oh, it's yeah. not—it's not fun. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it is—it is beautiful. It is interesting. It is not fun. Those are accurate. Um, speaking of games, let's talk about a couple things in game world. Uh, number one, we don't talk a lot about streaming on this cast in general, but um, kind of some big news uh, that Twitch is losing Ninja, who's moving over to Mixer. Um, yeah. He announced this today. I can't. His announcement was the, so weird, too. Did you watch it all? No. It was, he, so weird. it was so bizarre. Did he have a video? Yeah, he yeah. has a video. He, like, takes questions. Like, he walks out on stage. He takes questions from, like, he had, like a press reporters. Conference? No, it's definitely, like, a video, like, a produced video. It oh, is not weird. A, a real press conference. But it's, like, him at a press conference talking about moving over to Mixer. Everything is super scripted. At one point, he gets asked gets a question. Answered. Yeah, nothing gets answered. And at one point, he gets asked a question by a Red Bull refrigerator and says something to the effect of, wow, that's the deepest, most ridiculously amazing question I've ever been asked, does not respond to it in any way, and then just basically has somebody push a button and walks off the stage. It was weird. What the heck? Man, I read that headline, and I was just like, how much money... Is Microsoft giving him? <laughs> it must be some insane amount of money that they're giving him because he yeah. has a ridiculous number of subscribers on Twitch, and for him to give up that subscriber base that's like guaranteed money every month, they must be paying him like ten million dollars or something crazy to like come over to Mixer. I mean, I might just be paying him a salary, like a really good salary. Yeah, I was gonna say they could just be paying him. Yeah, like he's like he's working like, for Mixer. A salary plus like a starting bonus of millions oh, yeah. of dollars plus Probably. like some sort of guaranteed contract that he can leave in a year if he wants to or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause, cause I would be surprised. If, I would be surprised if there was like you said guaranteed contract where he can't leave in a year, right? No, he can. Like he, he probably could put it in there where he only has to stay for like a year and then he can make a decision. Yeah, I don't think that's what any he wants way to do. Sign like a long term contract. It's so weird the sort of dichotomy between like regular sports contracts and what we're starting to see with esports related stuff, like with streamers and how they're <laughs> <laughs> how they're related to the the platforms that they're on and the companies that are associated with those platforms. Because you know, in in just like professional physical athletic sports, uh, like the contract is usually administered by a team and they they have a lot more control. Versus esports, I feel like. The players have a ton of control. And maybe that's just because it, there's like a limited number of like superstars, for lack of better words. And that's why they have so much pull. But just the fact that you could negotiate that type of contract and just walk away 
especially with the idea that you can walk away, you know, after a year, just like, I'm going to figure something else out when, you know, baseball players are signing five, six year, 10 year contracts. And just there, they're just there. They don't go anywhere else. I don't know how much you follow Twitch, like actually like actively watching it and seeing the different dramas that appear and the different bands and the, and the, just the different statistical numbers. But I think honestly him going to mixer and then if it is within that year, if he goes back to Twitch, his numbers will skyrocket and he'll get more revenue doing this mm-hmm. than ever before. Because say like people like really won't go to mixer. Like they just refuse their, their Twitch diehards. That's it. And there's like, you know, thousands of people that are like that M- millions, maybe, I don't know. Um, if you, if you look at like Dr. Disrespect, for instance, when he gets banned and then he makes a, a comeback or he, takes himself off of twitch for a little bit and then he comes back like his numbers almost like double or triple when he comes back because everybody's so hype that they have you know dr disrespect back or like shroud for instance when he broke his um his arm he came back to stream and everybody was like super hype about it and so it it's just i think it's a good business Uh, decision on his part aside from like the arm breaking do you think that there's some like you know, corporate decision-making involvement in some of that, where they're just like, hey, you know what? If we just find something arbitrary to ban this guy for, and we agree that he's, you know, with him, he's going to be banned for a week, do you think that he'll just have an influx of people that come back and watch? You know what I mean? Do you think that's, like, a thing that happens? I think the only business decision is there was the TOS of no filming in bathrooms, and they filmed in a bathroom. So... It, it's more Twitch can't really say like, oh, it's Dr. Disrespect. He brings us a lot of money, so we can't ban him. Or rather, we'll just ban him for you know X amount of days. We'll say we punished him. We're still going to get our money. Sure. I think the only kind of clever business decision, and this is kind of bad, um, but this is my speculation. When Dr. Disrespect, quote unquote, cheated on his wife, I think he made that all up. Because it, it just seems so bizarre that he comes back to streaming and his wife is more involved in his stream now. She had her own kind of character. And it, it just seemed all staged, in my opinion. And that like when, everybody was kind of writing the hype. Like when somebody shot at his house? I don't admit, That might have been for real. I don't know. There was no <laughs> See, news. Refer- I don't, I don't, you, you can never tell. I know. I know. I know. That, that part drives me nuts. Because like... You can tell that some of it is definitely for the drama. It's for the show. It's part of the act. But, you know, like we're you're trying to figure out like where reality crosses into that realm of like, okay, this is actually real, like something's going on sort of thing. But it's it's hard to tell. You're right. It's absolutely hard to tell. Like, for instance, Dr. Disrespect, quote unquote, got a house shot at. We didn't hear any shots like it. It wasn't apparent. But. Someone one G on the other hand had a football thrown through his window. You heard the crash. You, you you saw his panic. He got off stream for a second, came back later, and was like, "Oh, some kids just threw football through my window." Like, you know, it, it it's real. You can see that some streams are real, but Doctor Disrespect is just one of those where he just goes, he pushes the boundaries, man. Yeah, I know he does. He always has, but it's. That whole that whole realm is just weird to me, still. But anyway, so I guess if you're uh, interested in, in 
going to check out other streaming platforms, you could always go to Mixer and watch um, Freaking Ninja at this point. Yeah, guess what Chad's doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I decided that I looked at the numbers on Mixer, and if you look at PUBG right now or Fortnite, PUBG has like 42K watching on Twitch, and it has 4,000 watching on Mixer. And then Fortnite has like 100 and something K, and then it only has like 19 on Mixer. So from what I see is Ninja's moving over there. All of the little kitties from Fortnite and stuff are going to be super hype about it because Ninja's now moving over to Mixer. And I think it's a great time to pop on over there and kind of just ride the, the trend wave. And I want to see what my numbers look like on Mixer compared to Twitch for a little bit. Yeah, so. that'll be interesting. Um, let's talk about a couple other things in uh, video game world. Uh, one of them being uh, custom-made maps. I don't even know if can do you call these. I mean, are they, they are they made by studios? Are they made by just no, groups of people? It's just people. Like the so this Grim Dawn one that I wanted to talk about, Grim Dawn: Reign of Terror. I guess that would be called a mod. The StarCraft one, StarCraft, The Curse of Tristram. Uh, I guess that'd be a custom map because they actually have like custom map support in that game, similar to what Warcraft had back in the day. Okay. Uh, basically, these are both coming out around the same time, and they're both uh, like full recreations of Diablo 2 in these respective game engines. Ho, 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 ho. So like Grim Dawn, Grim Dawn is an actual ARPG and they have fully completed Act 1 through 5 uh, and it's like available to play now. Are you freaking serious? You can go play Diablo Are we done with the in- podcast? Guys, thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, in no. the Grim Dawn uh, engine, which is pretty sick. Yeah, that's really sick. Uh, the StarCraft one, it's coming out in like Beta 2 is happening tomorrow, August 2nd. Um, so that'll be available to play then. You just go into StarCraft 2 and you can pull up the custom map right from in the game. Wow. And it's just like a fully recreated Diablo 2. Oh my gosh! So pumped. Like, the Grim Dawn one seems like it is maybe more polished, but also has like some weird things. So like, there's carryover from, you can like multi-class in Grim Dawn, mm-hmm. where you can like pull things from different classes and combine them together and make weird builds. You can still do that in the Diablo mod. So it's the original classes from Diablo, but you could like mix an Amazon with a with a sorceress or whatever if you weird. wanted. Mm. <laughs> so we changed that game, huh? Yeah, super weird, but I mean that's kind of cool. And also the I mean the graphics are kind of like more modern in Grim Dawn because it's running on that whole engine it looks like grimdon kind of where starcraft 2 looks like they pulled like i don't know if they pulled assets straight from diablo 2 or what but it kind of looks older like that i really like when like mod communities they just like go all out and decide to do something crazy like i i, I still have it downloaded i have not played it yet but i still have downloaded enderall and enderall this is a skyrim total yeah. conversion yeah, it's, it's yeah. the total conversion with like a whole world with a immersive story and like literally everything just built on the Skyrim engine. And that's like, so it's just so cool. Like, like mm-hmm. Skywind is coming out at some point. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Morrowind in Skyrim. <laughs> I'll, I'll be so excited, dude. 
<laughs> Morrowind is so good. And maybe at some point that one group will finish the Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl reboot. In uh, the CryEngine? Uh, in the CryEngine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll happen someday. It'll, it'll happen, I believe. I believe. Uh-huh. Shh. I saw this stuff and it just like, it made me start thinking about what Blizzard's going to do. I feel like, I was talking to Caleb about this. I think my timeline in my head is next year they either reveal or reveal and release a remake of Diablo 2. Because it'll be the 20th anniversary. Mm. And then the year after that, I think they announce Diablo 4. And then it's probably going to be like two or three years after that when it finally comes out. Yeah, probably. At least, if not more. This is crazy to me. Diablo 3 came out in. Uh... Oh, shoot. I just had it a second ago. <laughs> it came out a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Well, I mean, Diablo 2 came out in 2000. Yeah. Diablo 3 came out in 2012. So, yeah, ten, basically 10, 12 years apart each time. That's crazy. That's so long in between sequels. It's, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Blizzard takes forever. They're the Maybe they're just like the James Cameron of. Of video, <laughs> video game making and they're like wow. look we want to make diablo 4 but the technology technology is not there you know it's what i mean there yet. it's not there yet we haven't had enough enough stuff it's got to get better this um, is very tangentially related but did you hear um um wow i suddenly forgot his name wow that is the hateful very eight guy like, what's his director's name tarantino yeah tarantino. he said he's only gonna make 10 movies and then he's out have you heard this? Really? No. He said he's gonna make ten <laughs> movies, then he's gonna stop, and then like maybe he'll re- reconsider making more later. But it feels like ten's just a nice number that he can quit and he'd be like, you know what? That's my anthology or whatever. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But apparently that's a thing. Okay. And it's only it was only slightly related, but I I remember seeing that the other day. Wait, what movie? What number of movie is he on? I don't know. He's making he's making the one about uh, Hollywood. Um, that's his new one that's coming out. I can't remember. Yeah, the name of yeah. It. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I mean, he's been making movies for a long time. Pulp Fiction, Glorious Bastards, Kill Bill One Two, Hateful Eight, Django. He's got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Very I think interesting. The Hateful Eight was nine. That's this really annoying. If one. it was Hateful Eight, that's really annoying. If that's <laughs> that, the is, case. that is frustrating. <laughs> Uh, oh, because yes, that's probably true. Oh, I'm so upset right now. Let's move on because I don't want to talk about how that should be. It's <laughs> so dumb. Hey, let's talk Pathfinder 2.0. We have not played in a while. I mean, I haven't. Caleb, have you played any? Yeah. Well, the big thing is it came out today, like 12 hours ago. It's officially yeah, you mean, out. Oh, it's you mean like official, out. official? Yeah, like Pathfinder they, 2.0 now exists. Did, did they fix print. all of the the problems that they had? I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I downloaded the PDF not too terribly long ago, and I haven't started going through it. I'm curious to see because we did have a lot of problems with the with the playtest. So there there are a lot of things that they it seemed they needed to fix. We'll see. I'm excited to see. Hmm. There's always Pathfinder One. It's not going to go anywhere. So (laughs) there is always Pathfinder One, which we just started a new campaign. We did. And I accidentally picked a third party freaking freaking <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm dumb. Third party. Shouldn't have. I'm sorry. It's I hard. mean, it's cool. I'm telling you, man. 
the barrier for entry is like real high unless you know some people who know how to play mm. if you're just like well, group people just like hey we're gonna get to play D D. we'll play pathfinder it'll be great it's fine how do i make also, my character also until know. we both got in to the campaign and started playing and we introduced our characters i didn't realize like how alike our two characters are <laughs> <laughs> We're like they, pretty similarly they're they're pretty similar yeah i'm telling you we're gonna be okay so uh we're playing and my character is basically an oracle whose uh his mystery is clockwork so he's basically replacing his body parts over time because he wants to gain some level of immortality and so he's just replacing it with mechanical constructs and eventually he'll just be a mechanical construct and alex your character is my character is an alchemist Who's like obsessed with like body modification and like <laughs> putting animal parts on his body and stuff like that and like becoming like the ultimate form through that means instead of mechanically. Well, we all know which one the superior one is, but that's beside the point. <laughs> we'll um, see. Yeah, we at the will end see. when we're trying to all ascend to godhood and we have to fight each other at the end of the campaign. And you, and you take the immortality thing. Yeah, it's not that's actually immortality. It's just it's kind of just, cheating. I, I went and looked that up after Jake talked about that, and it's basically like you stop aging, you can still get killed. Oh, that is okay. That makes sense. All right, I guess. But you could you could potentially live forever though, because oh. apparently Dungeons and Dragons characters age and they can die of old age. Correct. Yes, <laughs> they, they are real. They are people. Yeah, but they are real people. Not that's wrong. They never are even considered. That that could be a thing. No, they're like age. Ca- you can have different age categories for your character, and there are like different benefits and drawbacks to that. Like if you're a really old person, your mental stats go up, but your physical stats go down. Stuff like that. Hmm. Barriers to entry. <laughs> yep, that's not something we deal with because that's just it gets ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can really go. You can you can go deep if you want to. Yeah. I okay. also wanted to mention. Um, we had a game come out two days ago, uh, A Short Hike. I don't know who's been playing this. Yeah. A I know short who's hike. excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't played it since April because it was in the Humble Monthly Bundle for April. And it didn't release to the rest of the world until just recently. So it was kind of like sick that we got a preview of it. This game is so good. <laughs> I So it was my favorite thing. It's, it's really disappointing that we didn't actually film that Humble Monthly Bundle rumble because... Half of our group didn't actually play the games. Yeah, uh, but wow, <laughs> just a just a subtle slash there. Stab, 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 stabby, stabby. It but wasn't yeah, me, so I don't mind. Um, it's just such a delightful experience. Like I pretty much hundred percent of the game. There's, I think there's only one thing that I never did in the game, and it's just because. Yeah, I remember I it. Yeah, what it's like getting the hat or something. Yeah. You didn't get the hat. It's because you didn't donate, right? That's what it is. You got to donate. Yeah, you got to donate to the. You didn't donate a flower of feather. There we go. Not flower. No, it's not. It's not donating a feather. You have to donate like four hundred gold pieces or some crap. Oh, it's like a lot of money. Oh, I donated it. Obviously. Yeah, spending all that good time in the park. Don't donate. I spent a long time scouring that whole island trying to find every little piece of money I could to try to donate mm-hmm. enough. I couldn't get it by the end of the game. So, and there's a reason for that. So this this game, let me back up for a second. It's uh, called a short hike. It's basically just 
you're this bird, this bird person, anthrop- anthropomorphic animals all around. You're this bird person. <laughs> uh, and you show up for a short hike up this mountain to the top. And it's just like, so like, you're just like going along the pass, meeting characters. They're all very nice. Like you're like all the dialogues, like pretty great. And like the characters are funny and like they all have like those little issues. Like somebody lost their watch. So you like, you go find their watch or like somebody is trying to make a sandcastle, but they got like a, <laughs> like a real, like large, like human sized shovel. And you're like, you need like a sandcastle shovel, dude. What are you doing? So you like go find a sandcastle oh, shovel frick. for him and like trade them and then then you can dig stuff up that's great yeah so like as you do that you get like perks so now that you have a real shovel you can dig stuff up which will translate into like finding chests that have money around the island and like it's just like the music super chill and you're just walking around like exploring the art style super unique because it's like it's almost like it was a high poly game that they put like a filter over to make it pixelated yeah yeah and they just wanted it to look not quite as good but it works totally and there's like flight mechanics so you're a bird person so you you glide you can glide for like really long distances to get around the island so there's constantly like you're trying to find peaks to like glide from and stuff like that and then there's like updraft certain areas that you can use and then once you get to the top there's like some story beats that are like really heartwarming and there's just a bunch of cool stuff. And the reason why I didn't get the hat, I did every little thing that I could in that game just because I was just enjoying chilling out in it. The reason why I didn't get the hat is because at some point there's this guy that's like, so the main mechanic in the game is you have golden feathers and the golden feathers explain like your stamina beater essentially, like how long you can glide and how, how far you can climb. And you buy your first couple from like the main person, but then they're like, oh, I ran out. Somebody bought me out of stock. And you find the guy that bought them all later and he's selling them for like double the price. And at first you're like, this guy's a scumbag. He's trying to like scout people. And then you like go a little bit further in the story and you kind of discover that he's actually like desperately trying to get through school and he doesn't have money to pay for tuition. So he's trying to do whatever he can to do it. And it'll give you an option if you progress enough down his path to just give him the money for tuition that he needs, which is a big sum, which is why I never got the hat because Mm. I gave this dude all my money so that he could go to school. And it was such a (laughs) nice moment because like his whole character changed and like he's like warmed up to you and he's like, holy crap, like why would anybody ever do this for somebody? And it was just like, it's a really short experience that's like super dumb but also in some way it's just like it touched me oh i don't know it's like seven bucks or something i think everybody should play it's it. quite cheap it's pretty good too i didn't like it as much as alex liked it but i did like it best game it was fun to play you could also go back in time Maybe. to like january and start buying humble bundle then <laughs> it'll work it'll happen i believe mm-hmm. that's how it works i believe uh last but not least uh game kind of related things um world cup chad oh did you know the world cup happened did you guys know the world cup happened <laughs> <laughs> it's been like a um, month what it's been like a month there's a world cup yeah which world cup are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about fifa women's world cup baby 
Oh. Uh, no, I'm talking about the Fortnite World Cup. <laughs> the, the, like, honest question, you guys hear about it? No. Yes. Okay. Aaron, I'm surprised because Fox News is like reported on it, so like it's it's hit mainstream. Okay. Uh, Fox News it's, had it. I, I'm so mainstream. surprised. Now, I it. let me tell you this. Wow. You've at least played Fortnite before, right? Yeah. Of course. So you understand the mechanics and how you know maybe perhaps camping is not cheating, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fox News reported it that <laughs> camping entails <laughs> cheating and. Cheating entails camping in a bush. Mm. Okay, come on, guys. That, that was what Fox News said. Guys! Anyways, <laughs> the World Cup happened. And it basically was like 10, 10 weeks of qualifiers. So anybody could play in it. Uh, I played in a couple. I actually won $100 for That's playing cool. Fortnite because uh, I got top 1,500. And top 1,500 gets prizes. So yeah, that's that was a thing. I it was kind of weird that they were giving out prizes to ten weeks of top fifteen hundred people. Like that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, they they did do um hundred million dollars that they just kind of like threw at the competitive Fortnite scene. So you know that's a that's a large sum of money that they were just like here have it. The prize pool I think for first place it was like three million dollars. Um, and some sixteen year old kid won it. So it was a pretty hype event. A lot of people watched it. There were like record breaking statistics on Twitch and stuff like that. Um, like people's careers were basically made from the World Cup. Were they so, all gaming on the new Final Mouse? There were a couple. You got to choose. So there were some people that were. Um, the which new that's one? new. Yeah, one. yeah, the new one. Oh wow. Yeah, they they did a license agreement and NDA like all that stuff to where um, they could actually give them the mice to Epic and Epic could hand it out to people if they wanted. Uh, I think I don't know how many used it, but the, I mean I could see some of the people's setups and they were like Logitech or you know whatever whatever they were sponsored by sometimes or stuff like that. So I think the the biggest thing I wanted to bring up with the World Cup is that it's a complete joke. Um, <laughs> like it, it literally like Fortnite's competitive integrity is com complete trash. Like you look at other games such as Rocket League, Dota, like games that actually have some sort of competitive value, and then you look at Fortnite where they literally went into the Fortnite competitive Reddit, the devs did, and said that they're not going to change the loot pools of either. Um, areas pubs to, and competitive because they want the the loot pools to be the same across the board so anybody can pick it up and play translation they want competitive fortnite to advertise fortnite so mm -hmm. they actually had in in the 10 weeks of qualifiers they actually had two people named ziff and ronaldo who join up a game now to get into the qualifiers you had to go through uh, arena mode and get 300 points which points are kills uh and then like top placements so top 10 5 etc you get points for it and you get up to 300 points that's that's the gist of it once you get to 300 points you're in what's called the champion league once you're in the champion league you are able to go into the world cup qualifiers if you're not in the champion league you can't so it's kind of like the best of the best trying to play 
which once again is a joke. You could have done it within a couple of weeks just by getting carried by somebody because you can actually go into a arena mode with somebody who's level 300 as level 1 through 300. So it didn't it didn't matter. It it nothing none of, none of this is competitive. Anyways, Ziff and Ronaldo had people who were in the Champions League with them, and they all joined the same game, landed in the same spot, and Ziff and Ronaldo were able to kill these people. They got caught because there was replay mode turned on, and everybody could watch it, and somebody was like just glancing through replays, trying to figure out how to play better, and they saw that it was kind of sketched that people landed, and they didn't go for guns that were like out in the open, and they just went for a pickaxe. Uh, and so they cheated, got banned. They were banned for two weeks. Two weeks went by, and within the four weeks that they had left of the World Cup qualifiers, they qualified, and they were on the stage, and they won 50k just for sitting in those seats. What? Right? Even like, they let them go even after all of that? Exactly. Like that. It just it doesn't make sense how you can say you can't, that, No, that's not how that's not how that works. You can't just like cheat at a game and then just like sit out for a little bit and get in and win. Like that's not fair. If they if they got banned for this World Cup and the next World Cup they came back and they tried to like redeem themselves, that's different. But they literally cheated, got banned for two weeks, and and Epic basically set a precedent that like anybody can cheat. It's only going to be a two week ban, and you can still try to qualify. It, it also shows that they were good enough, and they didn't have to cheat to begin with. Yeah. But th- I guess that's what open qualifiers does. So whenever they showed up on on cam on uh, the World Cup screens, the whole crowd just booed, and <laughs> Epic would like mm. mute the stream because. <laughs> They didn't want people to hear that stuff happening. And then they would cheer when they died. Yeah. So moving on to Fortnite Season 10, since, you know, it's right there, and I was just talking about Fortnite. Um, Season 10 launched, and it's actually kind of incredible. The Battle Pass is really nice. The cosmetics that they brought out were pretty cool. Um, It's kind of a cross between lots of the cosmetics that they've done, but there's, like, different genders, different, like, styles. Um... It's really nice. It's one of the best battle passes they've actually had, truthfully. They decided that Battle Royale needed Titanfall. They literally made mechs drop from the sky that have rockets in one arm (laughs) and shotguns in the other arm that has a thousand health that you can stomp through material. You can dash through material. It's ridiculous. You can't like defend against this thing and it, epic's just playing this off like it's oh it's it's okay it's just you know different ways to win we want to have different ways to win when my friend and i get into one of those mechs we're like unstoppable there's no there, nobody can beat us like everybody just dies so yeah this I is feel this like is the fortnite saga i feel like they're just like slowly implementing every like mechanic that they find interesting from other games and they're just like hey let's see how far we can actually take this oh 100 percent. it's actually data mined that there's going to be uh squad dropping so in apex when you drop you're in a squad oh, formation yeah. yeah uh so they're adding that to fortnite so it's quote-unquote easier to drop as a team but like <laughs> it's legitimately just stealing from apex they have the the reboot vans which i've already talked about which is like right from apex like Apex is the first one that came out with it. So yeah. I I just think that they they're milking what they have and they're doing a good job at it, but eventually it's 
everybody is claiming it's going to be the H1 treatment, which H1Z1 was the first battle royale that came out. Everybody loved it, but they because of the hype, they kept adding things that the community never wanted, and it kept tearing away from the base game, like the beauty yeah. behind it. And then the game just died because PUBG came out and it was raw and it was what people wanted. And so like, I, I honestly think if anybody actually came out with a shooter builder that felt kind of like Fortnite, but like just did bare bones guns and building, it would be more popular than Fortnite because Fortnite just has too many gimmicks and people want something competitive. They don't want something to relax with. Don't get me wrong. Fortnite's an incredible game and it's really fun to play because of the gimmicks but if you're trying to actually be competitive in it like it's so sad yeah uh i was also gonna ask you are you the one who got all the new uh mouse and keyboard parts or are we just talking about glorious pc <sighs> gaming who got all this stuff so the final mouse alex brought up yeah the final mouse 2 garbage or yeah ultralight garbage. cape town final mouse ultralight 2 cape town is the full name uh, that just got released, like, what was it, yesterday? The day before, maybe? It was like two days ago, and it was like you mentioned it, and you were like, yo, this just released an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, they released it. It's so, like, they sold out so fast, of course. This time, they actually, it looks like they released waves of, like, availability. Like, the last wave just went out, like, three hours ago. Uh, they, like, announced on Twitter, like, all right, we got more available, and then they sold out again. So, like, at least they're, like, trying to give people a chance to buy them, I guess. The main thing I want to talk <laughs> about is their ridiculous marketing still. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, this, the announcement for the, the mouse, the tweet, the tweet says this. It says, you want to see an in infinite dimensions? You want to <laughs> aim like a god? Okay, free your mind first. Relax. Free your thoughts. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. Here we go. And there's just a video of like a bunch of people doing some sort of tribal ritual with a mouse and there's like drums and like a fire and there's like nature and animals and stuff. <laughs> okay, so the okay. thing the that kind of just blows my mind about their marketing is and I'm sorry to just barge in and interrupt real quick. Do you guys remember a little bit ago California had an earthquake? No. Yeah. Okay, so at least one of you do. <laughs> Final Mouse the same day or like maybe like a day after tweeted out did you guys feel that that was groundbreaking <laughs> discovery like something oh to that my effect gosh. Right? and somebody replied to them and was like yo dude that's really not like sensitive of you like I lost family in this like, or I lost my house in this something along those lines and then they replied to him man didn't know we had a bunch of snowflakes following us Wow! Holy cow! <laughs> so it's like, geez. how do they not get blown up over something like that? So I, I don't, don't know. know dude. I don't understand how they're like they're mark. I'm a marketing major. Their marketing blows my mind. Like it's it, so intriguing to me. Here's my favorite one from this new oh marketing ramp. There's just a picture of a lemur with the mouse in a tree, <laughs> and then the tweet. <laughs> the tweet says, "I'm out in deep nature." Everything in nature is a free thinker already because they're outside. We all need to learn to go outside, step away from the games, from social media, explore, learn, discover, take your Cape Town outside. You never know what new friends you'll find. What? What is that? But you're a mouse company. 
you're literally hoping people stay at their computers and value right. that long enough to like buy your product and you're like go out into nature free thinkers bring your mouse with you outside <laughs> oh my gosh All right, it's just I, a I have, joke i have the confession to the listeners i was a final mouse enthusiast oh, until the air 58 my middle mouse broke like the mouse wheel just spun in place and did nothing um i will say that their customer service is actually impeccable like their marketing department needs to chill chill out but <laughs> their, their customer service is amazing because i i said my problem they asked me to take a video i took a video they didn't even ask for the mouse back they said all right we're just sending another one and i got it like within the week uh no questions asked really other than hey send a video um it it was really good I sold the mice and I went to Glorious and, and Glorious is like mouse mouse wheels held up. It, it's a, an amazing mouse fits very well in your hand. What do you think, Alex? I, I bought it cause I bought it on a whim, the model O because it was so cheap. I was That's expecting it to be yeah. like $150, like all these new, you know, peripherals that are coming out. Uh, and I clicked on it just to see like what it was and the price said $50 and I was like that's like nothing so I bought <laughs> that's it that's like nothing <laughs> that's a free mouse so oh essentially gosh, a free dude. mouse anyway I am still using it actually I didn't I expected to like maybe switch back and forth between my Logitech um G903? pro wireless yeah uh no G pro G pro oh, wireless yeah, um which I adore that mouse but this mouse, there's something about the shape of this mouse that I just really like the way it feels. Like concave is just right. Yeah, and uh, the cable is flexible and light enough that I don't notice it. Like usually when I go back to a wired mouse, the I notice the cable drag and it bothers me because I've been using wireless for so long, and I just don't even notice the cable on this one, which is super nice. How how does the company? Get away with making the exact same mouse, almost. Like almost, <laughs> it's almost identical. Do whatever they want. Who dude. knows? How do, how can you get away from? How is that not like oh, they got patented or it, something? Um, like this knows? honeycomb stuff has to. Ha, they have to have like a patent on that, right? How do these people get past that? I think that's why it took my mind. a little bit of time for them to actually come out with it, because the the original final mouse was actually out for a while. Yeah, the original ultralight. Well, I I don't know. Like it, it has a logo on it. That's how they get past it. Yeah, <laughs> they're almost identical. It's it's kind of mind blowing. So the mouse you bought, Alex, is from Glorious. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Glorious the, model. Um, Man, which they... actually they're coming out with the Glorious model O minus, which is smaller. I would Glorious not want a smaller one. I don't think. I feel it's like this horrible. one's like the purple size. Yeah. I picked I, up I, a Model O also. I think it might be even a little too small for my hand. Oh, have you? You picked it up? Yeah, I've been using one for a little while. Huh. I think it might actually be too small. Really? Yeah. Just occasionally I, I'm like, well, maybe not. Okay, you also right do have kind I know of big a man hands. With, I do. I do. I know a man with teeny hands that could use it. I didn't... I'll tell my buddy who's building a PC. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking about grabbing it for Caitlin, but then she was like, no, nah, it's too small. And I was like, oh. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. 
That's exactly that new, how she sounds, by the way. That new final mouse is smaller. Is it smaller? I th- yeah, I think Neo. they hit the limit of like every mouse they released was lighter than the last one, and I think they hit the limit for what they could do. And they're like, like they we, could- we just make the whole thing smaller, it'll <laughs> be lighter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they couldn't actually make it any lighter. They're just like, they'll never know, guys. It's totally fine. Just, just, just put it out there. Get it out there. It's fine. I wonder, are the internals like the exact same size, but the, just the outside is squeezed down a little bit? <laughs> Maybe. Did Did you talk about the foam that goes on it? Oh no! See, that's their that's their whole thing. Is like it's so weird. They've got like these I, it, weird strips that you can apply to the outside of it to make it different sizes. Oh, they're like sticky. Like, it just feels as if it's a half done product, and they're like, "Oh, by the way, this is what it was supposed to be." Uh, you could do it yourself. Wait, so they made it smaller and then like, oh, you know, if you want to make it bigger, we'll also add these. Yeah. On. It's <laughs> yeah. totally fine. It's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, so they also, uh, man, I remember when Glorious was just doing keyboard pads. Like that was their thing. Yeah, just mouse pads. Glorious PC gaming race, keyboard pad. I mean, like I own their stealth keyboard pad. I own a stealth mouse pad. I love them both. They're great. Like you do not get a lot of wear and tear on your wrist. Um, but now like, you're right. Like everybody's coming out with peripherals and they are not only doing a, a mouse, but they're also working on a keyboard and keycaps, like all kinds of stuff. Does anybody, does anybody actually have or going to get the compact? So I actually have it. You have um, it. I ended up buying it because I got a ducky one too many. Ooh, ducky. It was a good keyboard. I really liked it. The one downside and I don't. I don't know what's wrong with Fortnite. And we're going back to Fortnite. But <laughs> it wasn't really just Fortnite. Um, there was some chattering that I was getting. Now you guys are going to be like, what's chattering? <laughs> chattering <laughs> is <Hey> Chad, when... <laughs> what's chattering? Chattering is when you press a key. And instead of it just pressing once, it presses multiple times. Freaking and so, for instance, when I'm typing Cherry out... Fake <laughs> What? That fake that Cherry MX. Rollover, right? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was typing out stuff, my D key would type three times or two times and my space bar would type two times. So there's a rotation that I do in Fortnite where I hit C to crouch and then space to stand back up. And it's when I'm farming material to do it kind of efficiently and like not have my head kind of stay in one place. And I noticed that there was like a quote unquote input lag. And that's why I kept calling it. I was like, oh, there's just weird input lag with this update that they did. Uh, I noticed that it was in everything that I was doing instead of just Fortnite. Um, and so because of that, there's different firmwares and stuff like that that they released to fix the chattering. I tried 1.10, 1. Yeah, 1. 1.10 through 1.16. And they, they kept saying, this fixes the, the chattering, this fixes the chattering. None of them fixed it. So it's something to do with like the key itself. Uh, it need be resoldered, uh, so I just decided because Glorious made such a great m- mouse that maybe they'd make a fantastic keyboard as well. So I looked at their customization. It's really cool. I-, I don't know if you guys have actually looked at this. It comes completely bare. Like there's nothing on on the thing. It's just a, a brick, and then you put in the keys, and then you put in the keycaps. So you get to choose exactly what switches you want i'm sorry i said keys this actually switches um i got gatrian black because they're linear and they're a little bit tougher than cherry reds 
Mm-hmm. The cherry reds are really nice. I like the, the smoothness of it, but I, th- I felt like I was, when I you know got to quote unquote panic mode and I was like trying to press a bunch of different buttons in game, I felt like I was pressing too many because I was fat fingering. Um, but with this, like it's you have to press them, but they, they still give a little bit. feels nice to type on, and it, it's just really a gr- good keyboard. The one downside that I would say I have to, to look at on this keyboard is the function layer isn't as complex as uh, what I guess. Alex, you have a Vortex, right? KBC Poker yeah, 3, baby. Poker 3, yeah. Poker 3, okay. Um, it, it's not as complex as the Poker 3 or the Ducky. So basically what I did with the Ducky is I had different like layers for Fortnite, Guild Wars, you know, just things that I'm playing. For Fortnite, the escape key was just completely disabled and the Windows key. Because, you know, on a 60% keyboard, the one button is right next to the escape button. So if you're fat fingering, you don't want to have the escape menu come up right in the middle of a fight. <laughs> as well as uh, the Windows key to come up right in the middle of a fight. I can't do that in with the GMMK. I, the escape key is always escape. Unless I go into the program and click the different profiles with, the, with different macros. Um, so I can make the escape key tilde because a function escape is tilde. But like, it, it was just so easy to kind of just hit F and Alt two, F and Alt three, F and is Ford, there not the a way to switch profiles without going into the software? I haven't found a way, and in all of the There's reads that I've be. done, I haven't found a way. So I I don't know if that's just the way they're doing it, or if I'm just dumb. So we'll, we'll see be about either that. like a hotkey combo, or like maybe you can set up like if it detects an EXE launch, it'll switch automatically or something. Right. So another thing is that the um, LEDs are kind of less bright. Like I know I sent you a picture, Aaron, and I showed you yeah. Alex my colors, and they were like very vibrant and like really really nice on a ducky keyboard. And I did like a a light blue, purple, and pink, and it was like it looked really nice. I tried that again with the GMMK, and it looked muted and kind of just disgusting. And so I just have it on the rotating colors again. All normal, normy. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a really good keyboard though. I think it's uh, another thing is it's um I think it's micro USB and not USB C, so that that you know cringes a lot of people. So I like it. I've liked it so far. Haven't had chattering. I mean, the I fact s- that you're getting like a customizable keyboard with a set of key. Oh no, I guess you can just get. You're still paying for all the actual keys themselves, aren't you? Yeah, so it's a it's like a hundred and thirty full like full price if you pay for everything. And right. I think it's because I went with like a Aura key, one hundred fourteen plus tax. I think there's shipping, and and so that's what it was. Sure. Hmm. It's it's still nice though because in my opinion, I just paid one hundred and thirty, one hundred fourteen. I have multiple switches, so if it starts to chat chatter again, I can just like switch the switch out because I think I got like one hundred and twenty, and it's a sixty percent keyboard. So I don't have that many keys for the the um, switches that I got. Also, if I get tired of blacks, I just order reds or purples or what whatever and just slap them in. Man, you need I don't to, have go, to buy a new keyboard. Here's the next. Here's the next generation for you, Chad. You got to get a plank. That's what you really need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Orthogonal. No. Orthogonal keys. Oh, that sounds man. awful. Oh yeah. man! Just you, just you look up that plank, and let me tell you, aren't they also like forty percent? They're forty percent. Yes. 
What the I'll get that from my Why? stream PC. I was They're actually awesome. looking at like an AND Pro or something because it's, it's a wireless mechanical and it can switch between two different sources. And I'm like, yo, that would be so lit for my stream PC and regular PC. But then yeah. I was like, but wireless keyboards for gaming isn't that great. Uh, so let's last but not least, tell me how your Hopsy is. Have you used it? I have. Um, so Hopsy is a company that does draft beers. And what they do is it's like a club membership that you sign up for. You Once you're in the club, you pay $14.99 a month to get six taps, six uh, kegs, mini kegs. And I think they're like two liters, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you get two liters of beer. You pop it into this thing called a sub tap. So it's kind of just a thing that keeps the keg cool on your counter. And you just, you can just pour draft beer right there. And so my neighbor across the street is who kind of not really tried to, but introduced us to it because this guy in a car just kind of sketchily pulled up and was like, hey, we can't leave this outside. And our neighbors were gone at Disney or something. And so we kept it and I looked into it and I was like, yo, that's really cool. And I talked to my neighbor about it and he was like, oh, I can send you an affiliate link. So the sub tap, the kegs and the membership all together. Originally, if you just do it yourself, like 240 bucks. I actually got it for like 30 bucks because of the affiliate code. Um, and I think wow. if I put my f- affiliate code on, like if I give it to you, Aaron, and you put the link on our site, people can click on it, go through my affiliate code, and they can actually, one, it gives me credit, and two, they can get the, the taps cheaper as well. Um, but yeah, so we got... Man, I would be a freaking t- alcoholic if I just had on <laughs> tap freaking beer in my house. That would just be... I already feel like that because for the last <laughs> two nights I've I've like had a beer and you know what I got an tap upstairs. Hold on a second. Shh, yeah. Done. You just freaking pour it and you're done. And it's it's great. And they send you like the thing. I think the the charge that they get you is they send you the six random ones of the month, and then you have to spend like ten dollars for a specific one that you want to add on instead. And so if you want like I don't know, I'm just gonna throw out Yingling. If you want Yingling then you're going to have to pay, uh, pay $10 to get Yingling that month on top of the membership that you're already paying. I mean, it's only 10 bucks for two liters of Yingling. That's not bad, yeah. right? No, it's not bad. <laughs> but like, it's still like if you only wanted to pay fourteen ninety nine, then you're probably going to get like maybe one or two bad beers like a month or whatever. Or maybe mm-hmm. not. Maybe you like all of them every single time. Um, the thing about my order is <laughs> I spent $30 for... One sub t- sub uh, tap, two kegs, so that's like the bundle, and then the month like membership. So I, you know, I was only supposed to get one order of everything. There were two boxes sitting at my door. <laughs> <laughs> I opened that's them up. Why you... <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I understand. I was like, "What?" It's I opened photo. them. I opened them up, and because my dad's like, "Did you order two? And I'm just like, "Nah, I just only got one." So I open them both up because I'm thinking like one's gonna be the dispenser while the other one's gonna be the kegs. Nope, just two full products. <laughs> like we got uh, two. I mean, so I text Alex and like, "Hey, do you want one of these?" Because <laughs> I literally paid fifteen dollars each for them, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's like the same order number. Like th- th- it was all listed the same. It was almost like they messed up somewhere. My mom's like, well, you don't open it yet. What if you need to send it back? What if they find out? What if? And so if they listen to our podcast, they're going to know. 
Oh, man. It's totally getting sent back. I'm sure somebody from there listens to our podcast. We have so many listeners, dude. Where's my wine on tap service? Oh, my gosh. Hey, actually, it's called bottles. My buddy told me about this uh, wine website. has a wine that's on tap. Wine. (laughs) What the heck is the name? I'm I'm not going to lie. I want to say it's like wine.com. Uh, wine.com it's that's definitely not it but he was telling me about the site you just he just orders wine and like basically you pay for um uh, a certain amount until they fill the order and then they just ship it so you're mm. like you're like group buying wine from overseas interesting yeah mass drop for wine yeah 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 Man. did you see that mass drop has rebranded as drop.com yeah, and all their emails what? come through as drop with parentheses, formerly mass drop. And you're like, wait, <laughs> what? What is so what the dumb. Heck? I'm very confused. Why? Man. I did a wine subscription service for like a, a hot second. I forget what it's called now. It was fun. You live somewhere where there's a really good winery and you can just become a wine member. I do. Hey, I know where you could live. <laughs> <laughs> Next right, day, anyway. Yeah, right next to Amagoni. Uh, like Cooper Sock has uh, the barrel reserve is on tap there. It's pretty freaking good. Like they just walk so over to away. the barrel and just like pours out of the barrel. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Again, check our website if you want to check out some of the content we've done in the past, uh, well as well as some of the video content we've done. Um, and uh, if this was your first time, thanks for tuning in and trying us out. We'll catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, and Caleb Juno. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Also, this week's podcast was again brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, designers, and fabricators based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check out their website at www.reclaimindustrial.com. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.